This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. You used to call me on my cell phone. Hey guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. And if you are just tuning in, Selena was talking about her favorite Bay Chief Keith and how she wants to marry him. No. And also, we were talking about the violence in Chicago and also about the movie Chirac. If you have not seen it, Selena wasn't a fan, Marilyn wasn't a fan. A lot of people I know weren't fans. I was a fan. Go check it out. Lisa? Oh no! Actually, I you know I I uh, I didn't make a final comment because I felt like I had said everything I needed to say. But I I'll actually use something that I was thinking of once we went to break as a segue into the news story that I want to bring up, which is you know yes we can get in the community and interrupt violence and this and that and the third and we have to focus on that. But we also have to focus on the institutional problems, which I know that Black Lives Matter is doing a, a job of and is getting some blowback because they're not focusing on the inner community problem so much as they're focusing on the institutional problem and to me it's it's got to be twofold yeah. but you can't fault one movement for focusing on one thing you know like you got to have sort of almost two movements yeah because this was set up to address x and if you want to address y that's that's related but yeah. it's separate and so maybe the people addressing x can also address y yeah. um but you you can't say it's this or it's this because it's not it's addressing both and with that being said that brings me into my news story i don't know if you heard in Oklahoma, there was a police officer who preyed on women of color who he thought would not report him. And basically what he would do is if he caught them with a small amount of drugs or with something else, he would basically say, oh, well, you know, perform a sex act on me and I won't arrest you or, you know, like something along those lines. And finally, and I I don't want to say he picked the wrong person because all these people were the wrong person. He shouldn't have been doing this to any of these women. Mm -hmm. Um, But he picked a woman who actually had no criminal record mm-hmm. ever that was not afraid to speak out who finally stepped up and reported him and she, when she did all these other women who were afraid to speak out because they felt because of their criminal records they were going to be discredited and people aren't going to take them seriously they stepped up too and he got convicted of something like 16 counts of or 36 counts of sexual misconduct he is looking at over 200 years it's in got, prison got um, no he hasn't been sentenced yet that was a jury's recommendation. Oh, oh. Um, and um, and a lot of these women stepped forward and, and got to tell their stories about what happened. And that's, you know, part of the Black Lives Matter conversation, right? Yeah. These women were not willing to speak up because they came from a vulnerable population and they felt like nobody was going to believe them. So, you know, it sucks that he had to mess with the quote unquote wrong woman who because... I wish more of these women were empowered to step up, but like that's why he preyed on certain types of people, yeah. and that's just so messed up. So finally, we get some semblance of justice. One of the in- interesting things about this case is a lot of people were mad because he had an all-white man jury. I, uh, that and was another thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, yeah. and so people were like, what the hell? But I just want to backtrack for one second, guys. If you were just tuning in, we just finished our conversation on Chirac, and now we are in a news roundup where we talk about our favorite news stories throughout the week, things that made you laugh, cry, curse, scratch your head, or bang the computer screen when your boss wasn't looking. So that's why we're talking about Daniel Holtz, the officer, who um, has, is being charged on what, over 16 counts of... Convicted. 
convicted of over 16 counts of sexual misconduct and assault. And um, Selena? I just wanted to mention, because Stanley brought up an interesting point about the old uh, male white jury, but when it comes to um, cases of rape and where women are being victimized, um, statistics show that women are more likely to not believe that other woman. So I think that like maybe the um, the, the lawyers, the attorneys, um, the plaintiffs that were, um, the attorneys that are representing the plaintiff in the case might have specifically wanted to get a jury It was actually the prosecutors. the prosecutors. So the prosecutors were prosecuting. It's weird, right? Because normally you think of prosecutors as people that work with the police and that's true the police come to the prosecutors and you know but sometimes the police are the criminals right right and so now they're still getting prosecuted by the same prosecutor we could speak about that at length um and, and we have on past shows so you could definitely check that out when we've called for the need for a special prosecutor and something like that but the system worked here right um, it did. in in an, it did. Uh, when the system is otherwise normally broken as far as i'm concerned so you know we have to say we have to look at that in a hopeful manner as selena would put it and mm, definitely no, definitely with that. Um, I wanted to bring up another news story. And again, guys, if you want to let your voice be heard, the number is 212-650-6903. So I found it interesting that um, a new survey shows that most millionaires, um, most American millionaires, voters, are not supporting Donald Trump. Um, and they mostly support Hillary Clinton. And I wanted to, and I wanted to point that out because... Number one, uh, most people who are supporting Donald Trump, statistics show, usually are not college educated. Are in the Klan. No, they're not only in the, no, I'm not talking about the KKK, <laughs> but the thing is they, they are statistically known to not have went on to college and to not have the best job. So it's like Donald Trump um, is almost become the new Archie Bunker of 2015. He's saying all of these radical things. He's fear mongering when it comes to immigrants, when it comes to, you know, even refugees, when it comes to the Muslim community and basically saying like, we need to take America back again. And the people that that's resonating with are lower class white people. Where does he want to take the country? Yeah, right, exactly. Take the country back to what? Jim Crow? I think so. (laughs) You know? I think so. Slavery? Fun Uh, fun fact, some people like Donald Trump. A Boston police union endorsed Donald Trump because he promised to get the death penalty to anyone who killed a cop. Which uh, I just want to tell you I would never stand up in court because um, the death penalty in certain states is controlled by state law. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's the thing. Donald Trump has promised a lot of things that would not pass muster under the law. One, um, registration of all people of a religious group would quite clearly violate the First Amendment's prohibitions against, you know, targeting people for their religious views. Um, Although there have been some legal writers that say when it comes to screening people coming into the country, that may be a little different um, because there are the laws with respect to taking religion into account when it comes to immigration. And I don't want to get into a full-fledged conversation about (laughs) that at the moment. Um, But, you know, and the death penalty. Like, you couldn't have a federal law that told New York that doesn't have the death penalty, that they had to have the death penalty for killing a cop because that's under state law. Right. So what he's doing is he's proposing a lot of these things that are what I like to call feel good. And I don't mean I think they make me feel good. They make the people who like Donald Trump feel good. But in reality, they would never happen. So he's really blowing a lot of hot air. And in the meantime, when he's blowing a lot of hot air, he's also disparaging um, an entire religious group, uh, namely Muslims. Mm -hmm. And so now we've had in the past week, I think it is almost 19 or like 20 hate crimes, including a a student being thrown off a balcony and killed in Seattle. And right here in New York, in Astoria, there was a Muslim store owner who was attacked um, as a hate crime. 
So he, just like I talked about with the GOP fanning the flames of abortion clinics last week during my quickie, he's doing the same thing by inciting this violence and Islamophobia yeah. and inciting people to commit hate crimes against, you know, against people that are, you know, nice people who are Americans and also like helping to fuel ISIS. Yeah. Because this is exactly what ISIS wants. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I actually want to shift gears some because even though Donald Trump is very stupid, he's not alone in his stupidity. The party that he represents just passed a bill in Congress to waive all taxes for the the point two percent, like who the point two percent richest people in the world. So like the Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, they would not pay any taxes whatsoever on anything. Yeah, I mean, that's that. just ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, this whole trickle down um, theory has never worked and it doesn't work. Like to say that these are the job creators and they'll create more jobs if they're richer just doesn't even make sense. And I don't know who's buying it. And I think that the lower class white America who is supporting Donald Trump, if they would open their eyes and understand what the Republican Party is saying, they would also see that the Repu- that type of bill and a lot of the rhetoric in the Republican Party does not help them. Instead, they are just helping the lobbyists and the people that are putting money in their back pockets. I want to push back on that, Selena. It's, I mean, yes, it's definitely like white folks are supporting the Republican Party, but black people support the Republican Party, too. Now, I don't like to talk about that because, you know, who, like, who wants to talk about their crazy uncle? But yes, there are African-Americans, Latino-Americans, and all people who support the Republican Party. And it's not because they're necessarily racist. It's probably because they're stupid. Or no, Some of it comes from social conservatives. <laughs> you messed up my joke, Alyssa. I was trying to... It's okay. I forgive you this time, Fuchs. No, but it's like, damn it, you pretty much answered it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I just I want to get back to the conversation about Islamophobia right. for a second, I, I um, because I know we had a lot to say about that, and we thought that our listeners might have a lot to say about that. If you're listening, you want to give us a call. You want to say something about Donald Trump's comments or even his proposed registry of Muslims, which sounds slightly Hitlerish. You can give us a call at two one two six five zero six nine zero three. Selena, I wanted to mention about that. You know, Alyssa made a, a, a lot of remarks about the dozens of um, is Islam, people of Islamic faith who were attacked in light of what's been going on in Paris. And then you have Donald Trump, who's just using these as talking points to fuel his campaign. And what's been happening is people in the Sikh community as well has uh, have also been attacked. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that this the Sikh community is an entirely different religion, right? But it shouldn't even matter. That's it the point. It shouldn't even matter because the fact of the matter is, is you shouldn't be attacking people because of their religious views. So, you know, like I, I get what you're saying, which is like people are so stupid that they're attacking Sikhs thinking they're Muslims, but people shouldn't be attacking Muslims to begin with. So there shouldn't even be this confusion because you shouldn't be committing hate crimes against a group of people because um, a bunch of radicals in the Middle East have committed terrorist attacks like that's just absolutely ridiculous and you know as somebody who is Jewish to hear things like a registry a database people having to wear a patch um, that just invokes you know images of 1930 Hitler's Germany and a lot of people have made that comparison and that is just really really scary Um, you know there was a guy uh, he was um, I believe a German uh, writer Uh, his name was Martin Niemöller although I may be screwing that up. And he had a famous poem that went something along the lines of, first they came for the communists, but I was not a communist, so... 
you know, I did not speak out. And then they came for the trade unionists, and I was not a trade unionist, so I didn't speak out. And then they came for the Catholics, but I was not a Catholic, but so I did not speak out. And then they came for the Jews, but I was not a Jew, so I did not speak out. And he ends by saying, and then they came for me. And when they came for me, there was nobody else left to speak for me because nobody had speaking, spoken out. So, you know, as a civilized society, we have to speak out against this type of bigotry, especially when it's being pushed by somebody that's running for office. On that note, I think we have a caller on the line, and uh, we're going to go to the caller. Selena, let your, um, let your voice be heard. Yes, it's Ephraim. Yes. Did you, um, your question or comment? I would like to, why, why, are we, why are we coming on one character here? There's, you know, why are we not nominating anybody from the community that has any ideas? You know, we're not nominating nobody. We're not, you know, presenting nobody. You talk about one person. It's like a Democratic, Republican thing. Um, that character here, it's like if he talks about immigration, why, if you notice, he's not talking about any immigrants coming from Europe right. to go back to Europe. I mean, you know, I mean, do you have people in this generation with baby carriages on, on, on the buses, on the trains? We don't know what they're having in their, their baggage. We don't know what they're getting ready to do. If you're going to talk about you know, immigration is the problem. I mean, I mean, why are we only talking about this one character? I mean, oh my gosh. Right. No, Ephraim, I think you, we definitely share that same sentiment when it comes to Donald Trump. He's getting so much attention. And what he's doing with that attention is he's discriminating and just beating up and with these hateful remarks about immigrants, especially immigrants of color. You brought up a great point. He's not necessarily talking about the immigrants that come from Canada and come from Europe. He's talking about the Latino community and the Islamic uh, community and even Islamic Americans. But yeah, I was going to say, it's not just immigration, right? I mean, like how in practicality would some of these plans work? What happens if an American citizen flew to another country and then came back to the United States and that American citizen happened to be of Muslim descent? And I take issue with this idea that these people are not American. I mean, have you met some? I mean, you should meet some of my Muslim friends and that were born in Brooklyn and they're just as American as anybody else that I know, you know, and they just have a different religion than you do. So, you know, what? it's really, really disgusting to demonize an entire group of people to claim that they're un-American or different than us when a lot of these people, are, you know, are American. They don't know anything other than being American. They're not different than us in any way other than we share different religions. Well, you know, what? we do have a problematic group of people in this country and we need to stop like like, like, just like dancing around the issue, and like that that problematic group of people, it just happens to be at this moment the Republican Party, and we need to be very clear. Not every single Republican is as crazy as Donald Trump, but just like you can't say there are good cops when they're when they're letting like bad cops shoot people and saying nothing. You can't say there are good Republicans when someone like Donald Trump or even Ben Carson or Ted Cruz can walk around pontificating this kind of hatred. What Donald Trump said wasn't really a surprise. People have been saying this behind their closed doors at their KKK meetings, at their churches, at their pro at their pro life rallies for years. And now what's happening is someone has a platform in the pulpit and those people have gone from fist pumping in their in their houses while hugging their guns to holding their guns outside and fist pumping outside. And the Republican Party, because they are so desperate to be in power and stay in power, will prop them up and pat them on the back and let them do that as long as they vote. And that is the problem. Well, you know, the latest talk is that the Republican National Committee had a secret meeting, which obviously is not so secret, where they're talking about a brokered convention. Now, I don't know if you know anything about about conventions Mm -hmm. and delegates. I've actually gone to 
uh, one convention um, in 2008. I was uh, not a delegate, but I worked for as an intern for Governor Howard Dean, and I was at the 2008 yeah. convention when Barack Obama was nominated. This is Democratic National Convention, and the way it works is that when we vote in the primaries, essentially based on who people vote for in the primaries, those people then there's delegates, and those delegates when they get to the floor of the convention, they vote generally the interests of who people have voted for in the primaries. However, based on convention rules and bylaws and all kinds of stuff within the parties, that's the politics within the politics, which is the politics within the political parties themselves, um, they can actually direct the delegates to vote for different people that don't necessarily reflect what the people who have voted for in the primary. So now there's being some talk that if Donald Trump wins the primary, that the RNC potentially could have what's called known as a brokered convention, whereas essentially they go behind closed doors and they get a lot of these delegates to vote for a different candidate, which is not not the candidate that the people selected. Now, if that actually happens, that is literally going to tear the Republican Party in half because all these people that went out and voted for Donald Trump that expect him to be the nominee and then it turns out to be, say, Jeb Bush or Margot Rubio and they're going to be sitting there going, what the F? And that is going to literally blow the party to bits. And right. to me, hey... You know what? The, the Republican Party has already been stirred so much. I mean, if you think about it, how much, how divisive Donald Trump's politics are, they're even dividing the Republican Party itself. And I think that that's been going on for a while now. Even when we had Congress, um, when John Boehner was in office, you've seen him trying to be moderate, trying to negotiate with the other side and get things done. But you had the Tea Party, this radical group within the Republican Party with this loud voice, this loud voices that were pretty much drowning out everything else that made sense. There are a lot of sensible Republicans in party, but I feel like their voices are being drowned out by people like Donald Trump. No, you're absolutely right. I know we got to go on break, but I do want to say we need a strong Republican Party. We need a Republican Party where you have smart people bringing up good ideas because too much of anything is not a good thing. You need the balance. It's like me. I'm funny and good looking and charming and Selena is Selena and she balances me. And you need that to make sure that we have we put together a good show. And the Republican Party, we cannot have a situation where we just have Democrats because when it's just one group working and they control everything, then there's no listening. Republicans, no matter what we feel about them, force you to look at things in a different light and it forces you to negotiate. If, but, if only they did that in a better way. Right. No, and I agree. And I think the last thing I'll say about that is we used to be at a place in politics where things were based on compromise, where, you know, the nature of the compromise is, you know, I don't get everything I want and you don't get you, everything you want. But at the end of the day, we move forward in a way that benefits everybody um, in a bipartisan manner that takes into account your ideas and mine. And we don't see that happen anymore. And I think Stanley's right. We do need to have a strong Republican Party that's not Sorry, back crazy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's just how it goes. Yeah. So we're going to go listen to The weekend. All right. We'll be right back, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. I'm sorry. Yeah. WHCR 90.3 FM New York i 
and inadequate housing are issues that plague all of New York City, especially neighborhoods like Harlem. The number of rent-controlled housing units has decreased by 25% over the past 20 years. When the temperature drops below freezing, all tenants should have access to heat and hot water. Palante Harlem is a nonprofit organization that works to educate and organize tenants around housing issues. If you need help with a housing issue, or if you would like to volunteer with Palante Harlem, Visit their website at palanteharlem.org or call 212-491-2541. And we are back. Sweetie. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. 